Welcome to the Purposeful Parenting Podcast. I'm Harriet Rowe, wife and mother of four adult children, three girls and one boy, all graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, get cozy, and take in your weekly dose of Purposeful Parenting. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Purposeful Parenting. Last week, I read an article that I found, Relax in My Everlasting Arms. And if you recall, I mentioned that what I want to do this week is to look at this a little bit in detail and just give you a verse or two that will cover some of the main points that was mentioned in this. I want to read it first, and then we'll go through it. It starts out, relax in my everlasting arms. Your weakness is an opportunity to grow strong in awareness of my almighty presence. When your energy fails you, do not look inward and lament the lack you find there. Look to me in my sufficiency. Rejoice in my radiant riches that are abundantly available to help you. Go gently through this day, leaning on me and enjoying my presence. Thank me for your neediness, which is building trust bonds between us. If you look back on your journey thus far, you can see that days of extreme weakness have been some of your most precious times. Memories of these days are richly interwoven with golden strands of my intimate presence. You can see the person writing this wrote it as though God was speaking to us or to you. It starts out, Relax in my everlasting arms. The verse that I have for this is Deuteronomy 33, 27. And it says, The eternal God is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he trust out the enemy before you and said, Destroy. When you think of a dwelling place, you think of safety, right? And just imagine having arms that are everlasting, never, ever going to leave you. And you can trust him to be there. The eternal God is your dwelling place. He is your place of safety. The next part says your weakness is an opportunity to grow strong in awareness of my almighty presence. Paul, the writer of 2 Corinthians, said in 2 Corinthians 12.10, That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And basically he's saying here, that 
when he is the weakest is when he depends the most on God. Paul suffered. He was whipped. He was put in prison. All sorts of things happened to him, much like he said here, insults, hardships, persecutions, all sorts of troubles he suffered. But because of his God, he was able to lean on God's everlasting arms, and he was able to say, when I am weak, then I am strong. And think about it. There are times when you feel your weakest and you turn to God is when you feel like everything will be okay. Let me mention a story here to you. Our daughter, Allison, was in Iraq. And you may or may not remember when some person threw a bomb into the tent and it ended up killing a lot of soldiers and injured a doctor, killed a doctor, injured a lot of people. Well, I knew Allison was in Kuwait and I hadn't heard about this, but a friend called me and said, Harriet, I don't know if you've heard. And she told me what had happened and it was going, it was exactly where Allison was at the time. Well, I just went into the room, into our bedroom. I was there by myself. I fell on my knees and I said, dear Lord, and I began to pray. I had no idea if Allison was in that tent or not, but my heart was heavy as you might imagine being a mother and wondering what in the world was she there? Well, as I got up, off the floor, believe it or not, I felt a burden lifted. I had no clue whether she was okay or not, but I had that peace that surpasses all understanding. I felt weak at that point. I didn't know what to do, but I called on God and he gave me that peace that surpassed all understanding. As it turns out, Allison had just left that tent and had walked away from it and had gone into another area when that happened. But unfortunately, a number of people died that night. And they found out later that it was one of the soldiers that was a sympathizer. Anyway, my point is, God will strengthen you when you need to be strengthened. He goes on and says in this article, my almighty presence. God is everywhere. He knows where you are. He knows what you're doing. And it's not just you. He knows me. He knows everyone. He knows everything that's going on. Proverbs 15.3 tells us, The eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the evil and the good. So the evil that's being done now, God is watching it. And there are some of the people who are doing this evil, they think they're getting away with it. They're not. They are not getting away with it. God knows what's going on. God is in control. 
And he will always, always make sure that evil is punished. It may not be in our timing, but it happens. The next line says, when your energy fails you, do not look inward and lament the lack you find there. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And Philippians 4.13 says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. These are some verses, some of the ones I'm mentioning are some that you might want to commit, if you haven't already done so, to memory. I know that there are some that I use over and over, and the Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, that is one because I find that I need strength every day. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Now notice, it says he shall supply all your needs. It doesn't say that he will supply your wants. Now, of course, he gives us some of our wants. We can just look around and see there are a lot of things we have that we just wanted. We didn't need it, but he supplied it. So he will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Another line in this is, look to me and my sufficiency. Rejoice in my radiant riches that are abundantly available to help you. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, what do you have that God hasn't given you? Everything you have is from God. And that goes back to him supplying all your needs. Everything we have, we might think we worked hard for it, but even the ability to work hard for something comes from God. What do you have that God hasn't given you? Absolutely nothing, because he has given it all to us. Another line reads, Go gently through this day, leaning on me and enjoying my presence. Psalm 62, 1 through 2 says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation and my fortress where I will never be shaken. Now, I have to remember this because with everything that's going on in the world today, I find myself getting very impatient and wondering when I wake up in the morning, what bad news am I going to hear that has happened because of all the other bad news that's been going on? Well, I have to remember that I need to wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him. God wins in the end, and I know that, and I just have to remember and just continue to wait patiently before him. And perhaps some of you are feeling the same way, that will things work out 
Is there going to be a food shortage based on what's going on? Is the gas going to go down? Is this going to happen? We can go on and on and on, but we have to remember, wait patiently. God is in control. As far as the food shortage, he will supply our needs. Now, he tells us to do things like preparing for things. He lets us know ahead of time. So I guess what I'm saying is prepare. If you haven't done so, get some extra goods to have on hand. God lets us know when things are going on and we need to follow through. There's a a story that I remember hearing about a man that was caught in a flood and he was on his the top of his house on the rooftop and he kept praying and said, Lord, I need you to come and save me. Well, someone came by in a boat and said, hey, listen, come on, I can take you to safety. And the man said, no, I'll be okay. God's going to save me. And the guy said, come on, we, we can get you there. We can save you. The guy stayed put. Another raft came by and they hollered up to him and said, hey, come on down. We're here to save you. We're here to save you. And the man once again said, I'm fine. God's going to take care of me. He's going to save me. Then another one came and it was the same thing. Well, finally, the floods came up to the rooftop and the guy said, Lord, you said if I prayed, you would save me. Well, the answer was he did. He sent three different people there with boats to get him out. So the point of this story is God will show us what we need to do. There are some things that we need to do. He will show us. His showing us what to do is his supplying our needs and helping us. Another sentence says, thank me for your neediness, which is building trust bonds between us. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 reads, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Never stop being grateful. God wants us to give thanks. And I know it's so hard when things are going wrong to say, thank you, Lord. But we need to do that. We need to always be joyful and never, ever stop praying. Never stop being grateful. God's will for you is always good for those who belong to Christ Jesus. The next line says, if you look back on your journey thus far, you can see that days of extreme weaknesses have been some of your most precious times. Now, James 1, 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when you your faith is tested, 
your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You think in terms of growing, think about running a race or think about lifting weights. It hurts. You have to train and getting, building muscle is not going to come by lifting two pounds every day for a year. You're going to have to stretch. You're going to have to put yourself in a painful position in order to grow muscles. And it's the same thing in life. In order to grow as a person, you're going to find yourself in having challenges. And how you deal with those challenges will make the difference. Remember, consider it an opportunity of great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, and it will be tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. The last line reads, Memories of these days are richly interwoven with golden strands of my intimate presence. Remember, God is everywhere. He knows you. He wants you to belong to him. One Psalm 139 reads, and this is verses 1 through 6, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up, You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say before I even say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. What I want to say in closing is that it's very important that you get to know God, that you accept his son as your Lord and Savior. You may already know him, but do you really know him? Are you in his word? Are you studying the Bible so that you know these these verses and that they come flowing back to you when you need them? Do you have a relationship with God so that you can feel his everlasting arms around you? Believe me, I can go on and on and on with some stories that have happened to me because of my Lord and Savior. So parents, once again, I've said this before, in order to have a strong family foundation, you need to know God, and I mean really know Him. And you need to lend your, you need to, lead your child or your children in that direction. 
you need to do what's needed in order to help them become closer to Jesus. And my prayer is that you, if you don't know, and if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you will bow your head and say, Lord, I am a sinner. I'm asking you to be my Lord and Savior. You, Jesus, died on the cross for me. You shed your blood for me so that I could be saved. I'm asking you now, and I know because of your word, you will accept me into your family. If you prayed that prayer, I would ask that you would tell someone. Tell someone who is also a believer and find a Bible-believing, preaching church. There's so many churches now that are politically correct. So be careful. Ask around and pray. God will guide you to the right place. Once again, remember to relax in the everlasting arms of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Until the next time, remember to continue to parent on purpose. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Purposeful Parenting. For more tips on parenting, or if you would like to reach out, please visit me on HarrietRowe.com and follow me on Facebook, Harriet Rowe. That's Harriet with two T's. I look forward to grabbing a cup of tea or coffee with you next week. Feel free to invite a friend. Until then, this is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose. Thank you.